Good morning. I did say we are going to pray this morning, and we are. We're going to spend a dedicated time of an intercessory prayer this morning. But before we do, if I could get our two assistants to pass out these papers here, I would appreciate it. This is something you can take home with you and look at through the week, but you can kind of follow along just a few points that I want to bring out this morning. I also want to say, obviously, prayer and praise cannot be separated. We can't separate prayer to God for things that we need, other people need, or our country needs without praising him for who he is, because he is worthy of all praise. Just by way of quick introduction, intercessory prayer is when we approach God on behalf of another person or another group of people to present their needs to him. And you might think, well, I've got a bunch of needs of my own. I don't have time to be praying for others. <laughs> but you remember in the book of Job when God, or the Bible said that God turned the fate of Joseph, Job around when he prayed for his friends. And we all know the story of how his friends were questionable in, the, in their motives. So I just want to give a couple of quick examples of prayers that were prayed for individual people. In 1 Samuel 7 and 5, then Samuel said, gather all Israel at Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. And in Luke 22, 31 through 32, Jesus said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. Wouldn't you love to know when Jesus is praying for you that your faith fail not? And I left a little line there. You can jot down the names of individuals that you might want to pray for today and uh, beyond today. And examples for prayer for our country. 1 Samuel 7 and 9, same, same chapter as above where Samuel said that he would pray to the Lord for the people. It says, and Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, for the nation of Israel, because the people were not Israel, the nation was Israel. And Samuel said, I'm going to pray and cry out for the nation of Israel. And notice the last part of that verse says, and the Lord answered him. In 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4, Paul said, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high places, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life. There's a reason to pray for those that are in positions above us. 
that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly, that we may live a godly and dignified life in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. And our prayers, obviously we want to be in accordance with God's word. In Proverbs 29 and 2, it says, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bears rule, the people mourn. The king by judgment, the kings who makes the judgments, establishes the land. But he that receives gifts overthrows it bribes, under the table, gifts, overthrows the sovereignty of the land. And so for there, I said to pray for the federal, state, and local governments. I see that many parents are getting involved for the first time ever in their school board meetings in order to set things straight with the curriculum that children are being taught today. I also want to say just a few things if you want to follow along. When the Lord impressed me to have this intercessory prayer day, it was to be focused on two things, the faithfulness and the justice of God. Why else would we go to a father for answers to prayer if we didn't think he was faithful to answer? 2 Thessalonians 3.3 says, But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Let me just say this. I could have written a hundred scriptures here in each of these two categories, but I chose just a few that I thought would represent the faithfulness of God the best. You may have others. You can jot them down there and refer to them later, if you will. That's perfectly fine, too. But these are several that represent the faithful characteristic of the God that we serve. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold unwaveringly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's where it all begins. We have faith in him, his faithfulness, and his justice to forgive our sin if we confess to him. 1 Corinthians 1, 9, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And then the justice of God. If we couldn't rely upon the justice of God, we'd have no need to pray. We'd have no reason to go to him if we didn't believe he was just in his dealings with his people. Micah 6 and 8, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, 
he requires the same of us that he demonstrates to us and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Isaiah 30 and 18, therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait upon him. Isaiah 61 and 8, for I, the Lord, love justice. You want to know what the Lord loves? He loves justice. I hate robbery and wrong. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Psalm 33 and 5, he loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. I want to thank you for being here today to take your time to intercede for others. I would say that the salvation of our loved ones is absolutely paramount to our own walk with God. We don't want to walk this road alone. We want those who we love to walk with us and be called to heaven when we are. Acts 16, 15, so they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. I found probably a dozen scriptures that said this very thing, you and your household. What a promise to encourage us to pray for our loved ones. And of course, we continue in prayer because we know that each person must make their own decision with Christ. We can't do it for them. They must choose Christ on their own. Praying for our government is more necessary today than I believe it's ever been in my lifetime, certainly than what I've seen in my lifetime. In the past, we've fought identifiable countries for identifiable reasons, but today we're fighting spiritual powers and entities that only God and the host of heaven can conquer. And we know that God in us gives us the power and authority to pray for these as well. And he does conquer and we are his partner. Revelation 19:11 says it so beautifully. John said, and I saw the heavens opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on it is called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and he wages war. Yes, he will be the victor and we are on his side. And at this time, I'm going to ask you to find your favorite stance of prayer and your favorite place of prayer. At the end, when, when most people are through praying, I want to sing a song everybody should know. It says, whisper a prayer in the morning. Whisper a prayer at noon. Whisper a prayer in the evening to keep your heart in tune. We'll sing that in a little bit, but... And then the second verse says, God answers prayer in the morning, in the evening, at noon. God answers prayer in the evening, so keep your heart in tune. 
how many ran out of things to pray about? No, me neither. How many know that the Lord heard our prayers?
Lord, for you are with us always. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You can just bask in his presence if you want to. It feels really good. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 